1: All right, and welcome to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, the Kentucky Guy. And I'm your other co-host, Donnie Cage.
0: Ah, Mr. Cage, how's it going, sir? It is going great, Kentucky Guy. It's a rainy, rainy day in Philadelphia, but I'm feeling great.
1: Hey, you know that it has rained here. In the beautiful state of Kentucky for like the last four or five days. It's crazy. I don't know what's going on. It's usually April showers and May flowers. So, yeah, it's kind of backwards this year. (laughs) (laughs) So, folks, if this is your first time tuning in, be sure to hit that follow or subscribe button. No matter which platform you're listening to us on. We are on Spotify, Apple iTunes, Amazon Music iHeartRadio, Radio, Pandora, and the list goes on from there. Seventy-three different audio platforms. Also, Mister Cage, he is he co-hosts another podcast. Go ahead and tell him about that, sir.
0: Yes, I uh, am the co-host of the Uncaged Voice podcast with top-tier rated and Jigsaw Jester. We talk about a lot of different topics on this podcast, and if you'd like to listen in, we do have an official YouTube channel. And I recently just conducted an interview with a filmmaker based out of uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And that is going to air as a part of one of our upcoming podcast episodes.
1: Sweet, sweet, sweet. And I also host the Red Pill Current News Podcast. And basically what we do on there is we talk a lot of politics. We also do a lot of interviews with different people. We've had mediums on there, award-winning authors, uh, professional stuntmen. Uh, It's pretty cool. And uh, also, we talk about current news in this big, beautiful, crazy world of ours. Now, we do. uh, if you'd like to be a guest on our show here on Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast, you can always email Donnie or myself at olkentucky99 at yahoo.com. That's olkentucky spelled out, 99 at yahoo.com. We also do drop an episode here on Against the Mat every Tuesday and Saturday. All right. Also in the description below, be sure, be sure to check it out because our merch shop is in there. Uh, all of our social media links are in there as well. So check that out for us. And I am also going to, it should be coming out in about two days, uh, on the podcast, hold my towel. It is a father's day edition. And, uh, I was honored enough to be called on by, uh, Boogie, the, uh, the, the host of the show. And, uh, We had a really great time. We had a lot of fun on my interview. Uh, You get to know the Kentucky guy a little bit behind the scenes on a more personal level about me and my family. So you get a chance to check that out, and that's on Hold My Towel podcast. All right, so as always, we're going to start off this Saturday episode with My Fantasy Booking. Basically, what this is is Mr. Cage and myself, we both pick a wrestler, either past, present. Uh, I was going to say future, but... That'd be impossible. <laughs> and uh, if this wrestler could have not made it in one promotion and made it in another promotion. And if we, you know, we talk about if we were the booker or we were creative, how we would have done things different and got them on the right track. And maybe they would have had a left with a better taste in their mouth, actually, uh, from that company going to another one. So here we go, Mr. Cage. As always, I'll let you start the segment off, sir. Alright, well, this week I'm going to talk
0: about a uh, gentleman who had a lot of success in wrestling in the 1980s and early 90s. I'm talking about none other than Bruce Franklin Reed. Yeah, you remember that guy, American professional wrestler, former football player. Actually, he is better known by the ring names Hacksaw Butch Reed and The Natural Butch Reed. This uh, professional wrestler got his start in 1978, officially retired in 2013. But this man was a uh, native of Kansas City, Missouri. Six foot two, two hundred sixty-two pounds at his peak. He was definitely a jacked individual and had a lot of success in his wrestling career. He is most famous, really, for being one half of the tag team Doom, who held the WCW tag team titles from mid. 1990 until early 1991 it was uh it was butch reed and ron simmons that were part of that tag team and they of course were managed by theodore long let me tell you player (laughs) so um butch reed had a very short-lived run in the wwf in 1986 to 1988 during that time he was actually managed by slick he, had, uh, he changed his look during this time period, He dyed his hair blonde, and became known as the natural Butch Reed. He feuded with wrestlers such as Tito Santana, Coco Beware, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, this was actually right after Ricky the Dragon Steamboat became the Intercontinental Champion, and also briefly feuded with superstar Billy Graham during his final run with the company. And this actually brings me to my point of where I feel the WWF misused Butch Reed. Now, you heard me mention how he revamped his look. Dyed his hair blonde, had the sunglasses, was always a uh, was already a really built guy. And they were having him feud with superstar Billy Graham, and there was a famous segment where Butch Reed and the One Man Gang teamed up on superstar Billy Graham, and as they were attacking him, which basically put him out of in-ring competition permanently, Don Morocco, who was one of the most hated heels in in the WWF at the time, came in and made the save for superstar Billy Graham. Soon after that, Don Morocco turned into a babyface. He became known as the Rock Don Morocco and actually adopted Billy Graham's tie-dye look when he would come out to the ring. And in my opinion, there should have been a bit of a role reversal here because... Butch Reed, in my opinion, would have been a much better fit to become Billy Graham's protege instead of Don Morocco. The tie-dye always looked really weird on Don Morocco. Don Morocco was had wrestled as a heel his entire career in the WWF at that point in time. He was a multiple-time Intercontinental Champion, but he was a guy who drew heat from the audience. Butch Reed, by, in contrast, had worked as both a Babyface and a heel in mid South wrestling and in Florida and other territories, he was a guy who could do both, and I just think that he would have been a much better fit for this role with uh, Billy Graham taking him under his wing. And actually, I actually think, and I think with the blonde-haired look, Butch Reed could have even pulled off the tie-dye, to be perfectly honest. And as I said, you know, he was kindly, kind of utilized in the mid card, and I think that's where he definitely would have continued to excel in the upper mid card challenging for the Intercontinental Championship, but he really didn't do much of note during his WWF run. He left in 1988, soon after WrestleMania four. and, you know, fortunately he had a good career after that. He went on to work for Jim Crockett Promotions, became one half of the tag team champions, but definitely underutilized in the WWF. Your thoughts, Kentucky guy?
1: Yeah, um, so, first of all, how dare you say Don Morocco didn't do a good job on the tie dye shirt? What is your problem, man? We're talking about Don Morocco, the guy who, uh. so Butch Reed, Butch Reed. was, I don't know. I he, he could never he could never lace superstar Billy Graham's shoes, man. Uh, I just I have to disagree with you on on it. Not on the person, because I absolutely think that. They could have teamed him up with like Tony Atlas at times, and and he really, really could have made more of an impact. But the booking card that you used with Superstar Billy Graham and Don Morocco, Don Morocco is in the Hall of Fame because of (laughs) uh, portraying or turning babyface that time. I think that's really what pushed him over because that's when he started uh, winning titles, right? Am I right? I'm right about that, right?
0: No, Don Morocco was was pushed in the title scene when he was a heel. Okay. He didn't win any titles during his babyface run.
1: Okay, okay. So maybe I am wrong about that part. Okay. Uh, but, I don't know. I like, I don't know. I didn't like him as a babyface either. But, superstar Billy Graham was not always a babyface. He was a heel at times. But, yeah, I mean, good choice. Butch Reed is uh is a, uh, You know, a a decent choice. I kind of wish you would have left the Dom and thing out of there. But, hey, you know, it's your segment, and I get it. I get it, man. I get it. All right, so let's look at my fantasy booking for this episode. And this is the first time ever that I have... First time I have ever chosen a female wrestler for the fantasy booking. And my booking in this episode is none other than Kira Renee Megan Foster. Yeah. So let's talk about her. Everybody knows her, right? Let's do this. (gasps) Wait a minute, Kentucky guy. Who in the world is that? What would you say, Kara Kareem? All right. So you probably know her better by her ring name, which is Taya. Valkyrie, that's right. Jim Moore or John Morrison's uh, living wife, and she is currently signed with All Elite Wrestling. I want to talk about how I feel the WWE and Triple H, by the way, dropped the ball. What do you mean, Kentucky guy? She was never on WWE. I would remember that because she's a pretty girl. Uh, yes, she was. She was on NXT, and let's talk about it. So, in 2010, she began training with Lance Armstrong at the Storm Wrestling Academy and graduated from it in September of 2010. Uh, She was a part of Lance's Canadian reality series, World of Heart, and also season two of the show with Roddy Piper. From there, she would then go on to compete at various Canadian promotions. By the way, she's Canadian, if you haven't caught on yet. Uh, Promotions under the ring name. Uh, Taya Valkyrie, most notably Elite Canadian Championship Wrestling, which is ECCW. She did go on to Impact Wrestling and was signed there uh, from 2017 to 2021. At Homecoming, which took place on January 6, 2019, she won the Impact Knockouts Championship. Now, what that means is that's the female heavyweight title. Is what they call it on um, Impact? It's knockout championship, and she is still she is still holds the record of being the longest reigning knockout champion. Wow, longest reign! And they've had a bunch of them, and that means that she is uh, had the title even longer than the current. Or wait a minute, the current champion just gave up her title, so uh, and that's the country girl that used to be on the WWE uh, for some reason, uh, Mickey James. So she has has had the title longer than Mickey James, even. However, on February fourteenth, twenty twenty one, by the way, two weeks before that, she dropped the belt in order to sign a contract with the WWE on the fourteenth of twenty twenty one. Her ring name was changed. Of course, they can't leave good a thing alone to Frankie Monot. and actually, it's pronounced Money, Frankie Money, and began to work in the NXT television program. She worked with WWE until November. Remember, she started in February. She worked until November, including a title match for the NXT uh, Women's Championship against Raquel Rodriguez. But she was released on November 4th as a part of the seventh round of layoffs due to COVID-19 pandemic. But this is 2021, not 2020. Yeah, okay. Anyways, she didn't get the... By the way, Raquel Gonzalez, believe it or not, actually retained her title against Frankie or tire what after less than a year in the WWE uh, Frankie money uh, was let go from the company in 2021 after achieving very little for those that knew about Valor- in impact wrestling impact wrestling this was a big surprise considering that she had recently come off a record-breaking knockout championship reign she seemed like a surefire wrestler to help Uh, reignite the NXT women's division. While reflecting, this is on an interview she just did, while reflecting on her WWE release and makes it clear that she enjoys where she is now. The former Impact Knockouts champion signed with WWE in February 2021, but the company released her in a wave of cuts on November 4th. Her run with the company was inconsistent and she hit the ground running once she entered free agency. Over the past year, She has competed for several companies and won multiple titles, including, this is right after she left the WWE, or was let go, the Impact Knockouts Tag Team Titles, the AAA Championship, the MLW World Women's Featherweight Championship. When speaking with McGregor, or McGeorge of Metro, Valkyrie reflected on her release. And noted at the time, she was sad and depressed. However, she stated in this chapter of her life, feels like a dream now. And she's in a much better place. Quote, I just, I look back on myself in WWE when I got released. And when John got released, uh, where I was so sad and depressed. And in a place where I didn't really feel like I could fit in anywhere, Valkyrie said. That just doesn't feel like myself anymore. It feels more like the past and a weird dream sequence sequence that I lived through but I did I did really live through through it was I present I don't know she laughed I I'm so far separated from that and I'm in such a good place professionally and personally right now So here's my thing during the time that she was with the WWE or NXT this was when they just started, if you think back, the NXT 2.0. And they're trying to, trying to create this successful and developmental talents instead of established names during that time. Remember, they got rid of Johnny Gargano. I mean, there was a bunch of them gone. And that was the whole point of the NXT 2.0. She could have helped guide the younger talent. That's how much season she has. The younger talent on the roster with her experience, ultimately it seems like, I don't know, like the WWE didn't know the proven talent that they had with her like usual and they dropped the ball, but they did very, very little with her to even give her a chance to show them how well, you know, how well of a round wrestler she is, which is sad because this is one of the ones that actually got away. And it got away, she got away during a time that was crucial for the new NXT. Just doesn't make any sense. And by the way, before she went to the WWE, she only fought Raquel Rodriguez one time for the Women's Championship and lost. That was the only title that she went up for in the NXT. However, she was a world champion. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight different times, eight different companies before ever stepping foot in 2021 in the WWE. Vince McMahon was the head of creative and most everything back then, I understand. Vince, I'll throw it at you. Dude, you dropped the ball. She's with AEW now, and I'm going to be honest with you, AEW is not doing her any better. She should have beat uh, the girl for the TBS title and ended that winning streak. She's the talent that they've got right now, and I think they're going to end up blowing it with her just to keep Cart Happy. Anyway, sir, your thoughts? I agree with every single point you made
0: about Taya Valkyrie, um, Kentucky guy. Number one, changing her ring name was completely unnecessary. I mean, even if they were just going to change, like take the Valkyrie out and call just call her Taya or call her, or call her Taya Taya Money, at least that would have been something. But to completely revamp her ring name, in my opinion, big mistake. Um, obviously, not letting her win the NXT Women's Title was a mistake, but. Who knows if she would have remained in the company, what would have happened eventually. I mean, they, they, they dropped the ball with her creatively. It's the bottom line. Um, you don't take someone who's that talented and not make her um, the center of attention in your women's division. AEW, I'm, I'm just going to say it over and over again, just like you said, Kentucky guy, Tony Khan, you need, need, need to put the TBS championship on of Valkyrie. That's all I'm going to say.
1: Yeah, I agree 100%. Uh, it, it, and, you know, your fans also, Mr. Khan, they want they want something different. They are tired, and you're going to hear more about that as the, this show goes on. Uh, so before we get into the SmackDown results, SmackDown started off this week uh, with the, actually the first headline that I've got. And let's go ahead and, uh, and start the show there before we get into the results. Uh, WWE Hall of Famer. Superstar Billy Graham has passed away. So we were sad to learn that WWE Hall of Famer Superstar Billy Graham passed away at the age of 79 years old. The news broke via Ric Flair's Twitter account. Graham's real name, uh, Eldridge Wayne Coleman, started out as a bodybuilder in the 1960s and became a close friend of Arnold Schwarzenegger. He became a pro wrestler in the late 60s and got his start in the Stu Hart Stampede Wrestling Promotion. He got the the uh, superstar uh, monarch while wrestling in the American Wrestling Association. And he debuted in the WWF in 1975 in a tag team match where he teamed with uh, Spyro's Aaron. He briefly left and returned to the WWF in 1977 and won the WWF Heavyweight Championship. Graham's career took a downturn after losing the title to Bob Backlund in 1979, and shortly thereafter, he would leave the territory. This was also when he was starting to deal with health issues uh, that stemmed from the bumps he took in the heavy steroid use. There were local reports about his death at the time, including an article written by Gorilla Monsoon that was never retracted. Graham had a short stint in the WWF in 1982 and 83 with a shaved head, mustache, and karate, karate gimmick that went nowhere. After another run in the AWA and NWA, Graham returned for his final run as a wrestler in the WWF in 1986, but by that time, his failing health had taken a toll on him, and he eventually worked full-time as a commentator before being uh, phased out in late 1988. So he had various health issues, got progressively worse in the last decade. His wife Valerie noted on Facebook that he had lost a lot of weight in recent months and ultimately the decision was made to take him off life support. He'll be known as one of the biggest names in the history of professional wrestling and also among the most influential wrestler ever. Names like Hulk Hogan, Scott Steiner, Jesse Ventura, Ric Flair and others have stated they were heavily influenced by Graham's look, and persona. Yeah, I seen an interview Hogan did after his death and uh, uh, this week, and uh, he really, like, I didn't realize that Hulk Hogan actually mimicked, mimicked his first couple of years after Billy Graham. His, his talk, the way he walked and presented himself. I didn't realize that, but if you go back and watch some of the old tapes, yeah. <laughs> he was like a, a carbon copy of him, so I thought that was interesting. Anyway, sir, I know that's a Hard one to start off with, but uh your thoughts on the first headline.
0: Well, obviously you have to remember um Billy Graham's uh peak was many years before I got into wrestling. Um but uh obviously I've heard about him over the years and how much of an how much of an influence he was on so many different wrestlers. You know, looking back, if we were to do a little bit of fantasy booking Kentucky guy, we could always go, Well, why didn't they give him another run with the belt? Well, based on the story you were saying, even back then he was already starting to have some health issues due to steroid use and other, and other things. Um, and, and that's unfortunate, you know, because imagine if he would have stayed in good health, uh, how much more successful his career would have been, even though he's still hugely influential to this day. Um, wasn't an easy life for Billy Graham, but he obviously left a major impact on a lot of people. And he's definitely going to be missed by the uh, wrestling world.
1: Yeah, um, yep, I think, uh, I mean, you know, he, he lived to 79, which is, that's pretty young these days, too, uh, to pass away, so, you know, just keep his family, his wife, Valerie, and, uh, just keep that family in your thoughts and prayers, uh, you know, uh, he was, uh, I mean, he, he was, he was in and out before I actually started watching wrestling, too, or at least. I was so young, I don't remember, but I I have watched a lot of old tapes of him, and uh, man, he was funny. He's a funny guy. I mean, I laughed at him. I don't know if he was trying to be funny, but uh, him and Jesse the uh, Body Ventura, when they would uh, be on commentary together, it was hilarious. I'd rather listen to those guys talk than watch matches, so yeah, so we'll always remember that. All right, so let's get into last night's SmackDown results. We had uh, the Tribal Chief was on SmackDown. And basically, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens came out to the ring, interrupted them. They had a back and forth. And the Usos showed up and attacked Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, took them out, basically. And you would think, normally, Roman Reigns would be happy, but No. He wanted to say something to Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens and he could not say to them because uh, the Usos took him out and he pretty much berated the Usos over that. Yeah, he was not happy that they interfered. And once again on SmackDown, I noticed that they called the bloodline and there's got to be a reason behind this. They call the bloodline Roman Reigns, Paul Heyman and Solo. And they call the Usos, the Usos. Very, very strange. I don't know. Then, then, and then I'll let you comment on both of them. And then, later the night, the Usos, Jimmy and Jay, had a match against Rey Mysterio and Santos Escobar, LWO. And guess what? They won via pinfall. (laughs) Pinfall. (laughs) The Usos got beat. Uh, and I, I don't need you should have seen Roman's face and Paul Heyman looks scared to death sitting behind Roman once they lost. So I don't know. There's, there's all kinds of stuff going the wrong way right now for the Usos and the bloodline. Uh, your thoughts on those two, sir. It's almost like every time
0: they try to get back into a better standing with the tribal chief, things don't quite go their way. And now they're losing matches. Um, on a regular basis, it seems. So, uh, it's going to be interesting to see with the, what the future holds for the Usos and their place in the bloodline, if they really are even part of the bloodline anymore. I mean, Roman hasn't come right out and said, you're, you're out of the bloodline, but that's what's definitely been implied in recent weeks. Um, thought it was a pretty decent main event, the match itself, uh, and, and I was surprised by the outcome. Um, I figured the Usos were going to win this match, but they, they, they did not. They lost. And, uh, yeah, they continue to fall down the card a little bit.
1: How many times have we seen LWO lose to, like, the Judgment Day and, and other, you know, teams? I mean, yeah, that's uh, pretty surprising. Pretty surprising. And i tell you one thing about it. Something's coming to a head, I think, in Knight of Champions. I don't know what. And by the way, we'll do our prediction show on Tuesday for Night of Champions, uh, which is a week from today, next Saturday. But I think, I don't know what, but something's going to come to a head. And I think it's going to include the match that Roman and Solo are in with Kevin Owens and uh, Sami Zayn. And I just don't know if the Usos are going to try to help them win and then mess it up or actually intentionally. I don't know because Jimmy Uso last week looked like he was going after Roman Reigns and Jay Uso stepped in. That's what he looked like to me. I don't know. But he looked like he was getting ready to knock him, (laughs) which uh, I'd have paid money to see. Anyways, we had Pretty Deadly making their debut on the main roster. I love these guys. They're hilarious. Uh, Their real name is uh, Elton Prince and uh, Kit Wilson, I believe. And they actually defeated... I pinfall on Ridge Holland's and Butch. First of all, change Butch's name back. Good Lord. We're in what? May? We're in May now. And we heard that back in what? November of last year. Just do it already. Pull the trigger. Stop it. Anyways, (laughs) there was a little bit of shenanigans, right, involved in it, but I'm glad that pretty deadly because, the, the, let's face it, the Brawling Brutes, they're, they're not going anywhere. They're not going anywhere. They're not, they're not moving up the ranks. They're not going to get a title shot. They're not, there's no chance they're going to win a title together. Rich, Highland, Rich Holland is too green still, and uh, Butch, a.k.a. Pete P Dunn, is a true blue singles competitor. And if you notice, when this tag team loses, Rich Holland is the one that gets pinned every single time. And then we had Asuka. She defeated Zelina Vega, of course. And she kept on the arm scissors, I guess, a little bit too long. And here comes old ponytail head to save the day. And she got a face full of poison mist. Now, Asuka did miss her a little bit. And she didn't get the full effect of the poison mist, which I kind of cried about because I love seeing her go down with all that stuff in her eyes. Maybe she won't be able to get back up and relinquish the title like she should. Anyways, uh, yeah, going off on that tangent. Sorry about that, but yeah, Oscar did defeat Zelina Vega. I mean, no, no, no question about that. Interesting. Uh, the Grayson Waller effect actually hosted uh, AJ Styles, and he talked about his world title match against Seth Rollins. Very interesting how Grayson Waller ended that segment on that interview because. He pretty much, well, he did, he come out and said Seth Rollins is going to be the winner. So I'm just wondering if AJ Styles' next feud is going to be against Grayson Waller, which wouldn't be a bad feud. Grayson Waller is a great wrestler, and uh, I think he didn't get enough credit. He should have had the NXT title, at least for a little while before he came, because he deserved it. But but he's a good heel, and uh, yeah, I think that would be a good feud. Anyways, your thoughts on those three, sir? Well,
0: if you remember, Grayson Waller and AJ briefly feuded in NXT. So there's that history right there that they can draw upon. So I'm 100% in favor of them resuming that feud on the main roster. Um, I, I think I think it'd be a good uh, first feud for Grayson uh, Waller at, on, on SmackDown. Um, pretty deadly uh, beating Butch and Ridge Holland didn't surprise me. Because they're an up-and-coming tag team, uh, I do agree with you. I don't really see much of a point in keeping Ridge and Butch as a tag team for much longer. I mean, Pete Dunn, who wrestles under the Butch moniker now, um, is a singles competitor, and that's what he should be. That's what he should be booked as. Um, I don't really have a whole lot to say about the Bianca Belair Oscar feud. I mean, I figured Oscar was going to win the match against Zelina Vega. Um, we've seen this match before. As much as I hate to say it, Kentucky guy, I'm not too uh, optimistic that is going to be booked to beat Bianca Belair. I certainly wouldn't be upset about it if she did. Bianca's been the champion for over a year now, so it really is time to give another female wrestler the spotlight. But it remains to be seen. I don't have a lot of confidence in WWE uh, uh, in how they book Asuka, to be perfectly honest.
1: Yeah, the only thing I find exciting uh about Asuka right now is uh she's listed as WWE's number one female heel. So that that that's kind of exciting. I'm glad she's got that uh, going for her. So hopefully there's some kind of push somewhere. Because you don't usually just uh name those superstars, put them on that on your roster under that title unless you're gonna do something with them. So and they haven't done anything with Oscar since she's been back. Yes, yeah, she fought against Bel Air in the pay per views. I, I get that. But really, like, I don't know. Something always happens and she ends up losing. And uh, it's time for a change. So I'm hopeful. Night of Champions. I, the rumor around the rumor mill, water cooler, however you want to say it, uh, there's supposed to be some title changes that night. So I don't know which titles or, or whom. I think every title is on the line. But there are supposed to be some changes. So that could make things very, very interesting. Because that's something we haven't seen in the WWE a whole lot of. Hardly any title changes since uh, Triple H has taken over. And I understand giving proceeds to the titles. And having them stay on somebody longer uh, than, you know, than, a, than they were. But you still have to have, you know... The WWE, they don't want to get in the habit of having the flavor of the year. You know, you've got to to mix it up a little bit. And the reason why I say that is because the fans get bored. Your average fan gets bored pretty quick. A lot, (laughs) very quick sometimes. uh, If you've got a champion that doesn't have the right personality or what have you. So, uh, Liv Morgan, for some reason they loved her. That's why she kept the title longer than anybody expected. Here's the truth, uh, Bianca Belair, I have no idea why she still has a title and has had it for this long. None whatsoever. Yep, she's strong. She's athletic. Yeah, she's also annoying. Her voice kills me when she does a promo, so I don't know. And then she slaps that big behind of hers. That's just retarded. Anyways, let's move on to her husband. He was in a match. Uh, straight Profits. Uh, went up against L.A. Knight and Rick Boggs. Boom. Your winner. On a winning streak, I guess. The Street Profits. On a frog splash. Take out. Take out. Boggs. And one, two, three. They win the match. Now, interesting enough, thank you God, uh, Knight actually hits Boggs with the BFT after the match. So glad about that. Don't He doesn't need to have a feud with them. Cause he'd waste them. It'd be a no-brainer. Just get them away from them fast. Boggs is on the fast train nowhere, and L.A. Knight is the opposite of that. So uh, Cameron Grimes was interviewed backstage. Uh, Chris carrying uh, Cross. Now here is maybe if it's not uh, Waller, it could be this guy. Karrion Cross and Scarlet unveil a Styles. AJ Styles, terror card, outlining Styles as Cross's next victim. Here's the thing. We've seen this with Shinsei Nakamura, the card, and we've seen this with Rey Mysterio. Dude, you don't finish it. Nakamura is on a different show now. I know, I know, I know that Karen Cross is not the writer. He's not creating. He probably has very little control of this. But if you're going to do this storyline, and you're going to make this his persona in his segment too. You've got to take it all the way. I mean, you can't, you can't just show a picture of a wrestler and have one match with them uh, and lose. You've you, you got to take it all the way. And, you know, like try to end their career or do something if you're going to come off as a bad guy like like they're trying to push this. So, I don't know. And then we had Alba Frey and Isle Dawn. They defeated... Uh, Valtina Ferez and via uh, uh, pinfall with a double reverse STO. I don't even know who that is. And then we had Bailey and Isle Sky. Uh, they actually told R- uh, Raquel Rodriguez to find a replacement tag team partner to fight them next week while Liv Morgan deals with an injury. By the way, they have been stripped of the titles, uh, Raquel Rodriguez. And uh, they are, there is a tournament. Uh, going on I think in Raw and guess what Yeah, Shayna Baszler and Ronna Rousey are part of that tournament so I think that's going to be great and then one last thing, might as well mention this uh, Austin Theory was out there running his jaw about the uh, United States Championship, he was uh, making fun of and mocked uh, Sheamus, Sheamus actually come out and boom laid him out with a bro kick, so I thought that was cool uh, your thoughts on the uh, rest of uh, SmackDown, sir? Well,
0: it looks like that's Austin Theory's next feud. Austin Theory versus Sheamus. Sheamus is a former United States champion, so I think that'll be a, a good little feud to put him in, a, kind of a kind of a tune-up, if you will, for him to take on Sheamus. Um, Ila Dawn, Alba Fire, you know, that was a no-brainer that they were going to go over in this match because they basically were facing two female enhancement talents. They're a good team. I mean, they did well for themselves in NXT, so we'll see how they do on the oh, aren't main they, roster. Oh, are they? are champions, aren't um,
1: they? Tag champions.
0: The NXT, the, yeah, the NXT uh, tag team champions. Women's tag team champions. Um, did they come out with the belts? They did. I don't, I don't they did. Uh, they did, okay. Oh, so we're acknowledging that they're the champions. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, so I, I'm just going to be interested to see, um, you know, for how long they compete on the main roster and compete in NXT if they're going to eventually just lose them or if they're going to keep going back and forth between the two brands. Um, uh, You know, it's a shame about the women's tag team titles, but I feel like the belts have been pretty much cursed since they were first introduced. Seems like injuries happen constantly and people have to forfeit the belts. I I mean, I, I don't know. I I don't I mean I agree with you Kentucky guy that if you're going to put the belts on anyone, put them on round, Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler and let them hold it for a while. But it remains to be seen if that's going to happen. Um, Liv Morgan's injury is obviously terrible timing, but you know if you're injured, you're injured. You've got to take care of that and get yourself healthy again. Uh, La Knight, I agree with you. He's not a tag team competitor, and pairing him up with Rick Boogs made no, made no sense to me. Um, so hopefully he ditches this guy and he gets back to being a singles competitor and winning matches like, uh, like he deserves to. Street Profits, you know, once again, pick up another win. Good for them, I guess. Um, and Cross. the thing I admire about this guy is if you follow him on Twitter or Instagram or the social media channels, this guy is so committed to his character, it's not even funny. And you would think WWE would recognize this and say, we really need to give this guy a push. I mean, I'm not saying we need to make him the world champion, but we need to give this guy at least a push in the upper mid card and have him rack up the victories. But no, we have all these segments where Scarlett pulls a tarot card to give us an idea of who his next opponent is. He'll have one match, he'll lose the match, and then wash, rinse, repeat, let's go on to the next feud. This guy should be tearing people apart limb from limb. That's how he's built, and that's what he's capable of doing, and that's what he has done in the past, particularly when he was in NXT. He lost one match in his entire run in NXT. So take that for what you will, Kentucky guy, but Karrion Cross deserves so much better booking. Yeah, uh,
1: his last match, actually, with Samo Joe when he lost the title, was the only match he lost. You're right. And, uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, I basically said the same thing. Uh, stop doing this. Stop Stop doing it. You've got a monster there if you just unleash him. I mean, I, sometimes I just, I scratch my head and I'm like, are we sure Triple H <laughs> is really uh, ahead of creative or what? Cause some of the stuff is ridiculous. Alright, sir. So, uh, you've got the uh, next two headlines.
0: Yes, sir. Headline number one. Top Star is planning to take time off. WWE may need to speed up a storyline. WWE had to change its original plans for Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler at WrestleMania 39 after Rousey was sidelined with an arm injury. Rousey and Baszler were slated to win the women's tag titles at the show. Instead, they worked the four-way tag team match at WrestleMania with Rousey being protected and limited in the match. Now, after a few weeks off television, Rousey returned on Monday's Raw. WWE announced on Raw that the women's tag team championship match between Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez against Sonya Deville and Chelsea Green was postponed with Rodriguez instead going over Green in a singles match before Rousey and Baszler attacked her after it. It's be- At the time this article was written, it was believed that Morgan's injury wasn't serious. We know differently now. Dave Meltzer reported that the situation with the tag team titles depends on the severity of Morgan's injury, as Rousey and Baszler winning them at Mania and eventual run with them were only step one in a longer term Rousey storyline. However, the timing of this is an issue because Rousey is planning on taking time off at a certain time frame, which was prior to WrestleMania. WWE would have to speed up the storyline should Rousey not extend how long she stays due to the original plan being to establish them as a team while being the champions for a while. So, here we go, WWE was going to make them the Women's Tag Team Championships. Ronda suffers an injury. So, okay, we can't give them the belts right now because she's limited in the ring. Now, apparently, she wants to take time off. I don't know about you, Kentucky guy, but it feels like she's been taking a lot of time off in recent months. Um, I don't know if she plans on going out because she wants to continue, I don't know, having another baby or whatever, because, I mean, that's why she was out for a long time, because of maternity leave. Makes me wonder if she's planning that again, and to which I then say, well, why do we keep bringing her back if she's just going to keep going out on maternity leave, if that's the reason. I mean, maybe it's, she wants to rehab her injury, maybe it's more serious than we thought originally. I don't know, but it's... Ronda Rousey just has not been doing it for me during this particular run, the company. Too much, too, too much start and stop. So
1: if she, if you know that she wants to take time off, here, here's my question. Why would you even do the storyline and put the belt on her? Why would you, I think like your headline said like they have to speed up things or something because she wants to take time off. Why do, why go, go another direction? go a different direction right I mean that makes more sense to me just go you know you have other tag teams you have other tag teams that could, could hold the belt put them back on damage control actually you've got a perfect a perfect thing let like Bailey and uh, Dakota uh, win the titles and uh and then EO Sky becomes jealous I mean You've got storylines you can play with, so why why rush things just because somebody wants to take it? Let her take time off. Let her go. Hey, she's earned her, she's earned her stripes, man, between the UFC and the WWE. So, she wants to take that chance and think the fans will still be there when uh, she takes some more time off? Let her take that chance. I mean, it, it is what it is. But anyway, sir, you got the next headline? Sir, Seth Rollins to miss more time from what? WWE television. No.
0: Seth Rollins is in a good spot in his career right now as he's positioned as a top guy in WWE, seemingly a week away from becoming world champion, and is now taking a big step in his acting career. Rollins didn't appear live on Monday's episode of WWE Raw, as instead WWE aired video packages to hype Rollins' upcoming match against AJ Styles next Saturday at Night of Champions. The reason he wasn't there was due to him filming on the set of Captain America New World Order. The Marvel movie is slated to be released on May 3rd, 2024. Although Rollins is a heavy favorite to beat AJ Styles to become the World Heavyweight Champion, it's not a lock that he'll become champion. As previously reported, Rollins is the number one guy for Triple H, but if Rollins doesn't win the match, it will be because they are telling a longer story. Although not confirmed, Seth Rollins will likely be on the post-Night of Champions edition of Raw. But he's going to be off next week's episode because he's filming the movie. Well, look, um, I understand wrestlers want to take advantage of opportunities outside of the ring. Um, I myself am a big Marvel movie fan, so I'm sure it'll be awesome to see Seth Rollins in the next Captain America movie. But Seth Rollins is a wrestler, first and foremost. He's Seth freaking Rollins, Um, the architect. I want to see him win that world championship. He deserves it. And it's just like, you know, I can respect that someone wa- that someone wants to have other activities outside of the wrestling world, but I just think this is really bad timing. Because no disrespect to AJ Styles, I'm not saying he doesn't deserve the world title, but Seth has been the guy who's been carrying Raw for a very long time now, and it would be such a shame if he were not to win the new incarnation of the World Heavyweight Okay, so
1: here's the thing. <sighs> I really hate this headline. Uh so he, here's how I look at it. Okay. Okay, yeah, so he 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 was in Captain America and he went and filmed. Look, you cannot right now, right now, not tomorrow, not last year, right now, Seth Rollins is in his prime. And what I mean by that when I say his prime, I don't I'm not talking about his age. I'm talking about where he's at in his wrestling career. He's all, all speed ahead. Nothing but, you know, titles and victories in his future, especially with the uh, Triple H at the helm. So, like you said, bad timing, horrible timing. Because when you look, when we lost John Cena, The Rock, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, when we lost these guys to Hollywood, and they started making movies on a more full-time level. They had already surpassed, not surpassed, but they'd already went through their prime. They'd already went through what Seth Rollins is in right now. Right now. He's not been here before. Yeah, he was a champion once before, but this is like everybody knows his name right now. He's a hot commodity. And it'd be stupid, really would, it'd be stupid to go to Hollywood and to... You know, I could see Roman Reigns doing it because he's surpassed now. He's past that uh, where Seth Rollins is. This is Seth Rollins' time as a wrestler. And I just uh, I disagree with this move. I hope that uh, they're wrong and they're just throwing stuff against the wall and seeing if it sticks by saying this and, you know, it's not factual. So, I don't know. But, uh, so, the next headline I've got, uh, it's kind of a long one. Did you have something, Donnie? Okay, oh, no. Sorry, Just I, I've heard uh, something kick on, so I always ask. Uh, so um, this next headline, it, it's kind of long because there's a couple of them that I put together because it's one long story, and I actually, once again this week, because of this headline, made a phone call because uh, I was kind of shocked on some of the stuff that I heard that's coming out of this. So, needless to say, if I made a phone call, this is an AEW headline, right? So, <laughs> here we go. Warner Brothers, quote, CM Punk is not, is not affiliated with TNT's AEW Collision. So, it was pointed out earlier by Jimmy Terran and Brandon Thurst, that an earlier version of AEW Collision press release listed CM Punk as one of the feature wrestlers for the show. That led to speculation that a late decision was made to hold off on announcing punk until a later date, possibly last week's a- or this week's AEW Dynamite, or a simple surprise on the first show on June se- uh, 17th. The final press release had no mention of punk, and there's been no talk about punk on the AEW social media account. Instead, is hyping names like Thunderosa, Miro, Samoa Joe and Powerhouse Hobbs. Connor Casey from ComicBook.com reached out to Warner Brothers Discovery and received the following statement. Quote, CM Punk is not affiliated with TNT's AEW collision. It's possible that this is a smokescreen to lower expectations when and if Punk gets officially announced. For what it's worth, there are people in AEW that have been expecting Punk's return, so we'll see. Another thing that wasn't announced was a new TV deal. It is worth noting that all of the chatter about a new deal was primarily on social media and no one officially tied to the Warner Brothers Discovery or AEW has said that the TV deal announcement was coming. One would would assume that the AEW will be getting paid more for the collision show since that's an added expense for AEW. Now, Let's jump here once again. Uh, Let's jump down. So that's from Warner Brothers, right? This is kind of the same thing, only this is from AEW. Report quote, CM Punk was removed from AEW collision after a decision was made not to bring back a still. You guys remember a still? He's the guy that broke Kenny Omega's nose by throwing a chair at him when Kenny was trying to save the freaking dog. Uh, and then he went in there, throwing chairs and and hitting everybody, because his wife was in there, who wasn't doing anything. Nobody was even around her. I don't want to get into it. Anyways, you guys remember him. So as noted in the previous uh, headline, CM Punk's name was originally listed on the press release for the collision, but was removed in the final version. A report said today that there's belief in the company that A still was expected to return to the company to work behind the scenes. Still is one of Punk's good friends and was involved in the fight that broke out after All Out last September, and he has been since let go. They also reported the decision was made that Still would not, would not be working backstage at collision tapings, and that left Punk and AEW at the opposite sides of the discussion. This is said to be the reason why Punk was removed from the announcement. And also, why Warner Brothers stated that Punk is no longer or not affiliated with the show. As for Still, there was said to be interest from Impact Wrestling in bringing in Still for a tryout, but he passed on the offer several weeks ago. And it was believed at that time that he declined it because he was headed back to AEW or WWE. So, right? Also, Punk, I mean, he's got to be Punk, posted on Instagram. Uh, Quote, it's unclear why, or no, not not quote. It's unclear why it was directed at uh, Brian Alvarez because today's report was about him from Mike Johnson. Whatever. So now, this right here is why I called some people I know. Check this out. And come to find out, this is true, but even the guys that I know there, no one knew this. This was kept under wraps, From just from nine, I think they told me 95% of the staff and wrestlers, this was kept a secret from them. And that was A Still reportedly rehired by AEW several months ago. Yes, and this is true. Uh, A Still being back in AEW hasn't been a short term thing after all. His departure was after his involvement in the backstage fight at AEW All Out with CM Punk, Omega, and the Young Bucks. He allegedly threw a chair and hit Omega during the fight. Uh, Still thought he wasn't going to be let go by the promotion before being informed of that decision. As previously reported, the plans to have CM Punk in a promotion material for the launch of AEW Collision on Wednesday ahead of the show's premiere on June 17th were nixed. The two sides are at odds over misunderstanding regarding bringing back Still, as Punk thought Still could be at events to work backstage, while AEW thought Still would work remotely. Nick Hoffman of Halls of Wrestling reports, AEW rehired Still several months ago, but has not been actively working while backstage at show. When he was rehired, Still was told he would work with AEW president Tony Khan alone, on creative in some capacity. The ideal for him to work remotely because he may upset talent uh, should he be backstage at show. There was an understanding that AEW Collision started, then he could return to the road as an agent for the brand. But on Tuesday, the decision was made not to bring him back to the road. That's something quickly that Punk learned about. Man, oh man. And then there was an update on him. And I know this is a long one, but I, I think we just need to knock it out because it's all together. Uh, he's been working as a producer for AEW uh, before the brawlout incident took place, it all out, uh, where he's a part of the fight. The young Bucks. we've already went over this two times already. Thought he wasn't going to be let go by the promotion, but he was. As previously reported, AEW is building AEW Collision around Sam Punk with his return happening on the show's premiere June 17th, but the sides are at odds over a misunderstanding regarding bringing back still. It comes down to Punk thinking still should be at the collision taping, and AEW thinks that he should still work remotely. CM Punk is not mad at Tony Khan, and his relationship with Khan appears to be on sound footing with no issues between them. Who cares? Okay, so how much of this show? First of all, shame on you guys hiring a still back and trying to hide it. And that's what you were doing. That's why 95% 95 of your staff, even the guys I talked to, were ticked off because they didn't know. And these guys seem to know everything, even though they don't tell me. By the way, if you watched uh, Dynamite last week, you can see why they didn't tell me anything on on, uh, Kenny Omega's former Don Callis. Uh, manager because, uh, yeah, he didn't say anything. He didn't get a chance to let anything out of the bag. Who's with or what? <laughs> so, that's why I figured that one out right away, why they couldn't tell me. Anyways, I don't know, man. I'm wore out from reading all these. Uh, what's your thoughts, uh, Mr. Cage? This is crazy.
0: I- I'm also worn out, and this is exactly why I think that Tony Khan at the end of the day, if he wasn't going to buy up Punk's contract, he should have just said, well, we're we're not gonna we're not gonna buy buy out your contract. We're just gonna let you sit at home for the remainder of it, and that's gonna be that. You're just gonna get paid what you were supposed to get paid. And oh, that you want to do business with us now? Oh, well, that's great. Well, uh, you caused a major uh, issue in our locker room, so we're not we're not interested in doing business with you at this point. Just collect your money and uh, be on your way, pretty much. Um, but that's not what happened. That's what should have happened. And instead, Tony Khan again, wants to go into fanboy mode, still wants to work with CM Punk, and, oh, yeah, let's let's bring the producer back who uh, who uh, did, did more to instigate the fight. He should have been the guy who broke up the fight instead of uh, instigating it further. Um, you know, I know CM Punk and Ace Steel are uh, longtime friends, so I can understand Punk wanting to help Ace Steel out, but the, the, the guy should be lucky that he's still employed at this point, and the fact that his employer... See so much value in his name and wants to bring him back to television, and still base a program around him. But no more drama, which is what CM Punk is synonymous with. If you look under the word drama in the dictionary, you'll find a picture of CM Punk. Um, so yeah, I I mean that's I, I'm also worn out by this topic, Kentucky guy. I mean, it, it, AEW should be looking forward, not in their rear view in their rear view mirror, and they still. Yeah, are.
1: I'm gonna. Uh talk about dynamite real quick i'm not going to go over every single match because there was a bunch of them i was kind of disappointed because it wasn't as good as last week's dynamite uh but you know i mean there that there was a lot of matches a lot of matches anyways a couple of highlights that i seen uh chris jericho versus Roderick strong falls Count anywhere i thought that was a decent match Roderick strong did win However, he won because Adam Cole showed up outside and uh, cost uh, Jericho the victory. But I did think that that was a a good match. Now, Rush and Jungle Boy, just like we predicted, Rush destroyed Jungle Boy the entire match. The entire match. And now, Jack, Jungle Boy, wins the match by a stupid roll-up. And that is the match, if you guys are wondering this week where I destroyed both of my televisions in my home because I was ticked off. A roll-up pin once in a while is fine, but how often, Mr. Cage, I'll ask you, how often are we seeing that stupid maneuver now, win matches? It's ridiculous. Kentucky Kentucky guy, you have to remember, the surprise roll-up is the most devastating finisher in professional wrestling. Yeah, devastating my butt. All right. uh, Anyways, your thoughts about Dynamite this week? Again, not a whole lot because it wasn't
0: as eventful um, as last week. I did enjoy the Roderick Strong Chris Jericho match. Um, I have to imagine that what's going to happen is now that Adam Cole crossed uh, or uh, cost Jericho this match against Roderick Strong, that Jericho is going to cost him a match in the coming weeks to uh, to, to to even the score. Um, but it was a good match. I liked it. I'm glad. I'm glad to see both guys work together. I think this might have been the first time they ever did work. A match against one another which is which is kind of surprising but uh cool to see them wrestle and yeah i um i definitely predicted what was going to happen in the rush jungle boy match i said rush is probably going to dominate the majority of this and jungle boy is going to get a surprise victory although i wish they wouldn't have done the roll-up finisher all jokes aside
1: <laughs> yeah it just uh and you're right about chris jericho and Roderick strong because when jericho was in the on the independent scene uh Roderick Strong wasn't wasn't wrestling. So yeah, you're absolutely right. So they kind of passed each other on the independent scene. And that's where Roderick Strong really made an I mean, yeah, he did decent in NXT. I thought they could have done a little bit better with he's a phenomenal wrestler. And uh for those of you that don't really know him or just know him by watching him on the WWE NXT brand, you really you really need to look up some old stuff. Because he's really phenomenal and he's done some amazing things in the short time he's been in this. He's still very young. So don't don't just look at the diamond mine, <laughs> Roger Strong. Uh there's a lot more to him than that. So but uh yeah, all in all, I think that uh I think SmackDown actually I think uh yeah, SmackDown and Raw both destroyed uh Dynamite this week. But last week Dynamite kinda carried it all, so who knows? Back and forth, back and forth. But if they don't get this thing fixed on, uh, on, on CM Punk and uh, stop playing these games, they're going to lose a lot of talent fast. Anyway, sir, you've got the last headline of the episode. All yours. Yes, sir. WWE Creative is holding up
0: Drew McIntyre's return to TV. Although there is still no word on Drew McIntyre, WWE contract situation, his return to television is starting to become more clear. McIntyre has been in the headlines a lot over the last month, coming out of WrestleMania 39. The belief is that McIntyre is not happy with the creative direction of his character. As previously reported, both sides are far apart on terms for a new deal, as his existing contract expires later this year. Although not confirmed, there's a good chance WWE will add time to his deal, to make up for the time he's been out with an injury, as he hasn't been seen since WrestleMania 39, where he worked a triple threat match for the Intercontinental title. Again, there's been speculation that he could appear at AEW All-In at Wembley Stadium, but his contract doesn't expire until after that date. So there is a 100% chance that he is not going to be at All-In at Wembley Stadium. Just letting everyone know. Dave Meltzer reported that figuring out creative for McIntyre is holding up his return. Once both sides agree on something, he'll be back. According to WWE's internal roster listing at this time, McIntyre is slotted as the third top babyface on Raw. I would have to assume that Cody Rhodes or Seth Rollins are number one are number one and two, McIntyre's number three. Um, but, uh, but as far as the contract goes... Um, Anything's possible. They could definitely come to terms on a deal. Personally, I think that Drew has worn out as welcome as a babyface. I think it's time for him to turn back into the Scottish psychopath and become a heel again. I think that'll revitalize his career a bit. Um, I mean, he's been very successful, no question about it, Um, despite Kentucky guy not being a huge fan of him. But um, it'll be interesting to see. Um, personally, I don't think he's going to go to AEW anytime in the near future, but, uh, that's just speculation Get the on my guy part. off
1: TV. That's all I ask. That's all I ask. Just, I, I don't want to see him on TV. Uh, he's, you can say he's successful. All you want <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I, that's all the comment I have about that guy. I can see why you got that headline on these. So <laughs> uh, do you have anything else, sir, for this episode?
0: You know, I don't have anything else for this episode, Kentucky guy. We uh, we covered a lot,
1: particularly on the CM Absolutely. Punk AEW Absolutely, front. your favorite subject, I know. All right, folks. So you've been listening to Against the Match Wrestling Podcast with your host Donnie Cage and the Kentucky Guy. As always, folks, God bless and God bless America. Thank you all so much for listening.